चरण सरोच रच निज पर बुकर सुधारी पर डो रघुपर बिबल जसु ज्योतायक फल चारी बुद्धिहीन तनु जानिके सुबिरो पवन कुपार बल बुद्धि विद्या देहु बोहे हरहु कलेश विकार जय हनुमान ज्ञान गुण सागर जय कपीसतिहु लोक उजागर राम दूत अतुलित पल धामा अंजनि पुत्र पवन सुत नामा महापीर बिक्रम बजरंगी कुमति निवारी सुमति के संगी कंजन बरन बिराज सुबेशा कानन कुंडल कुंजित केशा हाथ बज्र औ ध्वज बिराजे काथी बूझ जने हू साजे कर सुवन केसरी दंदन तेज प्रताप महाजग बंदन पित्यावान कुति चातुर राम काज करी बेको आतुर प्रभु चरित्र सुनी बेको रसिया राम लखन सीता बन बसिया सूक्ष्म रूप धरी सही दिखावा बिकट रूप धरी लंक जरावा भीम रूप धरी असुर सवारे राम चंद्र के काज सवारे लाए सजीवन लखन जियाए श्री रघुबीर हर शिवर लाए रघुपति की धी बहुत बड़ाई तुम प्रिय भरत ही सब भाई सहस बदन तुम रोज सिगावे अस कही श्रीपति कट लगावे सारो सनका दिक ब्रह्मादि मुनीसा नारद सारत सहित अहिसा जब कुबेर दिक पाल जहाते कभी कौबिद कही सके कहते तुम उपकार सुग्रीव ही कीना राम बिलाय राजपत दीना तुम रो पत्र विभीषण माना लंकेश्वर भय सब जग जाना जुग सहस्त्र जो जन पर भानु लीलो ताही मधुर फल जानु प्रभु पुत्रिका पहली मुख बाही जल दिलागी गए अचरज नाही दुर्गम काज जगत की जेती सुगम अनुग्रह तुम्हरे तीति राम दुहारे तुम रखवारे होत न आज्ञा बिनु पैसारे सब सुख लहे तुम्हारी शरणा तुम रक्षक काहू को डरना आपन तेज समारो आपे तीनो लोक हाकते कापे भूत पिशाच निकट नहीं आवे महावीर जब नाम सुनावे नासे रोग रे सब पीरा जपत निरतर हनुमत बीरा संकट ते हनुमान छुड़ावे मन क्रम बचन ध्यान जो लावे सब पर राम तपस्वी राजा तिन के काज सकल तुम साजा और मनोरथ जो कोई लावे सोई अमित जीवन फल पावे चारो जुग पर ताप तुम्हारा है प्रसिद्ध जगत उजियारा साधु सत्य के तुम रखवारे असुर ने कदन राम दुलारे अष्ट सेधि नव निधि के दाता अस्पर दीन जान की माता राम रसायन तुम्हरे पासा सदा रहो रघुपति के दासा
तुभरे भजन राम को पावे जनब जनब के दुख बिसरावे अंत काल रघुबरपुर जाई जहाँ जन्म हरि भक्त कहाई और देवता चित्तर धरही हनुमत से ही सर्व सुख करही संकट कटे बिटे सब पीरा जो सुबेरे हनुमत बलबीरा जय 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 हनुमान गुसाई कृपा करहु गुरुदेव की नाई जो सत बार पाठ करे कोई छूट ही बंदी महासुख होई जो यह पढ़े हनुमान चालीसा होए सिद्ध सा की गौरी तुलसीदास सदा हरिचेरा की जय नाथ हृदय बहनेरा पवतरे संकट हरण बगल बूरती रूप राम लखन सीता सहित हृदय बसो सुरपूप सियावर राम चंद्र की जय पवन सुत हनुमान की जय उपति महादेव की जय बोलो रे भाई सब सतन की जय जय श्री राम जय श्री कृष्ण वी हैव रीच द लास्ट थ्री वर्सेस ऑफ चैप्टर वन अर्जुन विषाद योग इज इट इट ब्यूटिफुल दैट विषाद इज ऑल्सो अ योग वॉट इज द मीनिंग ऑफ योग योग इज द वे टू कनेक्ट टू द डिवाइन How is it possible? We might say, "Vishad, grief, sorrow are very reassuring, because when we are shaken out of our comfort zone, when we are shaken out of our joyful bubble, that is when we are willing to look around or look upwards. Think of it." self analyze and be honest how it deads is your prayer at the time of joy and how it deads is your prayer at the time of sorrow the intensity of our prayers increase very fold the connection to the divine the desperate need to connect and talk increases when we are agonized when there is grief and sorrow around us that is why one of the very famous song that goes around is or the poetry you might say dukh mein sumirat sab kare sukh mein kare na koi dukh mein sumirat sab kare sukh mein kare na koi jo sukh mein sumirat kare तो दुख काहे को होए व्हेन वी आर एट अ फाइन प्लेस अ हैप्पी प्लेस इन लाइफ मोस्ट ऑफ द टाइम द वन पर्सन द वन एंटिटी दैट टेक्स अ बैक सीट इज द डिवाइन लॉर्ड नॉट नोइंग दैट एवरीथिंग दैट वी हैव ऑल द कंफर्ट एंड जॉय ऑफ लाइफ इज बट व्हाट ही हैज गिवन एम आई रॉन्ग this is nothing new this is a normal phenomena we turn to the lord at time of grief and agony hence agony achhi hai grief is very good that is why kutti ba told when shri krishna was leaving ba kutti came running and she said krishna you are going by sad he says yes i am going she said please give me something i need a boon from you at krishna's what you want tell me it shall be granted she said give me sorrow agony obstacles let me just rephrase it give me obstacles and problems 
because being sorrowful or not is our choice. So she said, give me obstacles and problems. Shri Krishna looked and he said, why are you saying so? People ask for well-being, people ask for wealth, people ask for joy, people ask for health. Here you are asking for unending problems and troubles and obstacles. Why so? And Bakunti said, O Krishna, I remember you more when I have a problem or am in a desperate situation. Because at the time of joy, it is very easy to forget you. Hence, I do not want to forget you. That is why I want consistent, persistent problems and obstacles in my life so that I am forever connected to you. Just imagine. Kuntiba asked for obstacles just so that she may not sway away from the lotus feet of this Lord. And that is why Vishad is also considered a yoga. When the unforeseeable happens, when situations leave our control, right? When we feel that no intervention from our side will make anything better, what do we do? We turn towards the Lord. And Arjun turned towards the Lord. Yoga means union. And in his grief, from verse 20, that is where the Gita actually starts at chapter 1, when he asked Sri Krishna to take his chariot in the middle of the battlefield. And from there, he wanted to see who all were there, who were fighting with them. And Sri Krishna, as instructed, took the chariot to the middle and did what a divine, true friend should do. He presented the truth unquoted. What was the truth? Arjun, this side of the army is yours and so is that side of the army. Sab tumhare hi hai. There is no mind or time. This is Guru Vansh. All are yours. And when he saw his grandfather, his uncles, Dronacharya, Kripacharya, Bhishma Pitaba, and many, many friends and brothers standing on the opposite side. This realization that there is no mind, there is no time, there is not me and you, they are all mine. What happened? He became sorrowful. And when he became sorrowful, he did not want to fight because his attachment took over his reasoning. When your attachments, your moha, you know, when matsari bhav, when mindness takes over logic and reasoning, then disaster happens. And this is where from verse 20 starts the Gita. Because prior to that, is a description of the army. And there on, he goes on and on explaining that these are mine, right? And Sri Krishna prefers to remain silent because I mean, Arjun has to talk. Arjun has a lot to say. So when somebody wants to speak, you cannot make them hear. Right? You have to have a particular mindset to be receptive to listening to other people. Nowadays, people just want to talk. I also want to tell, you also want to tell, between you and me, there is no listener. Because we just want to speak out. So, Sri Krishna knew that Arjun has lots to say. And so he remained quiet. 
one argument to another from my and my family and my relations he went on to explaining how the society will get impacted how dharm will get impacted what were the repercussions of a war and i will say he was not wrong definitely his logic his explanation his arguments his facts were not wrong right as per his perspective see we are not wrong as per our perspective but what about the other person's perspective very often we say right mai to sahi thi par usko kyu bura laga par aap apne hisab se sahi the aap uske hisab se sahi the kya aapne ye socha ki what were her domains and what were her requirements and expectations from my point of view i was right but what about the others point of view so over here he is giving explanation from what he thinks is dharma what he thinks is righteousness what he thinks should be done what he thinks is adharma what he thinks will cause demise of a thriving dharmic society again what he thinks that is where our world rotates isn't it what i think as per b mere hisab se ye sahi hai as far as i am concerned it is right but the world is not as far as you are concerned is it it and he's giving explanation but now the thought might come to us right that the stable arjun who wanted to fight the battle right he all the way went to shri krishna and chose shri krishna over the army so the battle was initiated by him true and he was ready to fight till he moved to the center of the battlefield he just wanted to see who those people are who have come to fight with my people right then what changed as we said shri krishna showed him the reality what is what we think as the reality right this is our perspective and what is actually the reality and that actual reality spit arjun's confidence out of control is it possible this can happen right let me explain with a very simple story what's up on a time there was a king yes everything in our scriptures are explained in the form of stories and that is what makes them so enjoyable because why stories i feel because they are closer to us right to our day to day experiences they are not dry rochak hote and it's easy to understand so over here there was a king and he had a servant this king was forever depressed in spite of having the wealth the comforts everything that he could dream of from the material perspective he had yet he was very very upset on the contrary he had a servant who had hardly anything he would work get his daily wages and that would be enough to suffice for his food and basic necessities so what's the king asked him what keeps you so happy the servant said nothing i don't have much too much of needs i have a good family and uh, we eat whatever body we have we need very little clothes to cover ourselves food to eat a roof over our head and so we have all that what more can i ask from, from from god now the king was amazed he was he wanted to consider this man to be a saint you know with minimal requirements totally contented you know so he went to his minister and said we have a saint amidst us and that saint is a servant he does not need anything he is beyond greed he is so happy he is tit 
Now the minister said, I can see he is happy, but you cannot say that he is stith. Stith means stable, composed, calm in any situation. In the current situation, he is stable. The king was like, what are you trying to tell me? He said, I'll tell you. There is this thing, there is this clause which can destabilize anybody. And this clause is the clause of 99 coins. Again, the king started scratching his head. He said, what is the clause of 99 coins? He said, just wait and watch. Tomorrow night, I'm going to leave 99 coins at his doorstep. And let's see what happens. The minister at night left 99 coins, gold coins, at the doorstep of this very contented servant. In the morning, the servant looked at 99 coins and he started counting. He was overjoyed. He said, 99 gold coins. Wow, we are rich. All our problems are solved. This is so amazing. We won't have to work for the rest of our lives. And they all were counting, counting, counting. And then the servant realized that there were only 99 coins. How is it possible? He counted again. Then he counted again. Then he counted again. Till he realized that one coin was missing. And he said, this is not possible. I was supposed to get 100 coins. Only 99 coins. I am going to toil. I am going to work hard. I am going to do whatever it takes to get one more coin and make it 100. I am going to make sure that I have more and more and more. And that day on, the ever humming, singing, joyful servant was gone. He was grumpy, angry, always agitated because he was trying his heart to get that one gold coin which he thought should be his. What is the correlation with Arjun? Simple. Arjun was strong, sturdy, composed, stable probably, considered stith. Till Sri Krishna put forth in the same way as the minister did a new possibility. A new truth. And then it was a test. If it would have been truly, truly stith, if the servant would have been truly a saint, this would not have bothered him. Probably he would have given away the 99 coins. But mostly, he wanted that one missing coin because he thought it should have been 100. Somebody has taken away his coin. In the same way, if Arjun would have been stith and already established, he would have had no problems fighting against his own people, knowing that he is not fighting against people. He is fighting for principles. It does not matter at that time, even if Yudhishthir was standing in front of him. When it comes to the battle of principle, it does not matter who is in front of you. However, Arjun was not having that mindset. And that is what Sri Krishna wanted Arjun to realize. He wanted Arjun to empty himself to gain knowledge. Arjun was full of himself, right? He was a yogi, he was a tapasvi, he had controlled, he had done so much of sadha. He was the greatest archer. There was so much written against his name. And he considered himself to be stable. Which Sri Krishna knew he was not. And hence, the problem came, the situation arised, the reality stared at his face and he crumbled. And he started rambling. Explanations after explanations after explanations. Shri Krishna remained silent. Why? Because there was a lot that had to be said. There was reasoning and logic and arguments. Now till you have reasoning and logic and arguments, would you be willing to listen? No, right? Till there is nothing else to be said. Till you have emptied yourself of all the arguments you can put forth. When you have accepted that there is no other argument I can give, you tell me now what is right and what is wrong. Till then, it was futile to talk because it would have caused only counter-arguments to come. So Sri Krishna remained quiet. He did not utter a word. 
And when he did not utter a word, Arjun fished the best of arguments possible from selfish reasons of my family to greater reasons of the society. And finally, he scummed. He was dumbfolded. He had nothing more to say. And when he had nothing more to say, where did he come back? In verse 45, he comes back to where he had started. He says, Aho bata bahat papam kartum vyavasita vayam yadrajya sukhalo bheda hantum swajana budhyataha. He's saying, Oh my God, Aho alas, this is the biggest sin that we are going to commit. That we are going to do, the battle we are going to fight, the destruction we are going to cause. The people are swajan. Over here, swajan. My relations, my people, my friends that I am going to kill. For the benefit of Raja, just kill for riches and palace and land, for name and fame and money, for a mere Hastinapur and the kingdom, what are we going to do? We are going to sin so badly. We are going to be attacking our own Swajana. Yadrajya Sukhalobhena for the greed of Raj and Sukh, the kingdom and prosperity, joy, comfort. We are going to kill our own Kithenkin. And this, Aho, Bata, Bahat, Papam. This is sinful. Even the thought, the action is sinful. We cannot do this. This is wrong. Just imagine. Again, after explaining so many things, he has come back to what? Killing of my people because of the benefit of the wealth, Sukh, Rajya is wrong. Again. So, in spite of the fact that Arjun was giving so many arguments and many of us would have considered him to be so divine, his arguments to be so robust, his foundation was wrong. What was the wrong, what was wrong in his foundation? His foundation was wrong because this was not a battle being fought for kingdom and prosperity and sukh and jash, name, fame, joy. No. This was a dharmyud. This was a battle between dharm and adharm. This was not a battle between brothers. This was not a battle between relations. This was not a battle for kingdom. And this was actually not a battle for ego also. It was a battle of dharm against adharm. So his foundation was flawed. And this is our very problem. Think about it. We all feel we are good people, right? Most of us will say we are very good people. We are kind, simple, family-oriented people. We don't do any harm to anybody. Don't we say that? Repeat, there is nothing to feel proud about if you don't harm anybody. That is your dharb. Just like sugar is supposed to be sweet, you are supposed to be harmless and loving. If you harm somebody, then it is wrong. But you being harmless is nothing to credit or applaud. That should come naturally to you. But we are flawed. We feel that because we are harmless, we are good. No. That is where the knowledge of scriptures I'm sorry to say again and again that the notion of I am good and he is bad or what is the right conduct or what is the right decorum or what is the right way to live 
will not come based on what we think is good or bad. We have to either look up to some guru, a knowledgeable, an enlightened soul, not any guru or the scriptures. They step by step tell us the right way for each ashram, the right way for each varna. They will tell us for a brahmachari ashram, what is the code of conduct? For a grihastha ashram, what is the code of conduct? For vranaprastha ashram, what is the code of conduct? For sanyasha ashram, what is the code of conduct? Sorry to say, even now, today, the sanyasis don't know their own code of conduct. For sanyasis, any kind of accumulation is wrong. Any kind of accumulation, they are not supposed to live in a sanstha. They are not supposed to be accumulating or having a sanstha or an organization. Sanyas dharma lag hai. They are supposed to be alone. Otherwise, what sanyasi? You have left one family and joined another family. Ek pachhde se hatke dusre pachhde mein. One attachment left for another attachment. That is the definition of sanyasis today. Apologies to say that. But in our scriptures, the code of conduct of each, each ashram is given very specifically. Not only this, the code of conduct, the way one varna and the other varna, depending on your nature. I am not saying varna is by birth. There is no argument about that. But whatever is your dharma, it's Kshatriya dharma, or it's Brahmin dharma, or it's Shudra dharma, or it's none is inferior, none is superior, or is Vaishya dharma. As per that varna also, what is the code of conduct? It is not that we can decide what is good, what is bad. And that is what we mostly do. And that is what Arjuna is doing. He is defining dharma as per his own convenience. Are bhai, agar aap dharma ko apni own convenience ke se define karo ge, to galat hi ho jayega, right? We need to have guidance there. And that is why his arguments are moving in circles. And finally, there is no argument left. Because the foundation of his argument is flawed. Again, the battle is a dharbyut. It is not an egoistic battle between two families for land. That is not what Mahabharat is all about. That Yudh in Mahabharat Kurukshetra is all about. And when he sat down, again, in spite of showing that his heart has expanded, he is still talking about my swajan, my people, fighting for the kingdom. And Sri Krishna is still smiling. Because he realizes now Arjuna is out of arguments. And what does he say? After this he says, Yati bab prati karam Shastrab shastra padayaha Dharta rashtra rade Sorry. Dharta rashtra rade hanyus tanbe Kshematharam bhavet Over here he is saying, Again, I refuse to fight now. Okay? He has realized that he has no solid arguments left. But he is saying, I do not want to fight this battle, Shri Krishna. I do not want to hold the burden of the sinful act. I am going to put down my weapons. And then, as far as I think, the Kauravas will not have any reason to fight with me. Because they will not, they will get their land, they will get their palace, they will get everything. But yet, if in spite of that, they still want to attack me and hurt me, I do not mind being killed by their weapons. It is actually going to be a favor that they will do to me by destroying me and by killing me altogether. Hence, I do not want to fight this battle. Sochu. What a state. From where he just took his bow and arrow, right? Ekdam, strong Arjun. I want to see who all have come to fight with me, those wild fellows. To here, 
I'd rather be killed in battle. I'd rather die. Oh, 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 I cannot do this. He has become so, so, so... He has actually drowned his own sorrow. Why? Why? He has become more sorrowful. The vishad in him, the grief in him, has actually increased many folds than it was before. Initially, there was no grief. Then the grief started. And currently, towards the end, when he has actually given his last argument, he has made his last statement that I refuse to fight this battle. I would not mind. They kill me with their weapons, considering me without weapons. I think they'll do a favor if they do so. And the grief in him has increased many bouts. Why? Many times. Why? Because he kept dwelling on the grief. Whatever we dwell at becomes, if whatever we dwell on, becomes amplified. This is a lesson we should learn over here. We start believing what we keep saying. See, Arjun has made himself believe that the battle is wrong. That they are fighting for the palace. That they are fighting for yash. That they are fighting for fame. They are fighting for joy. They are fighting for prosperity of their own selfish interest. By repeatedly saying the same thing, Arjun has convinced himself that this is a battle against my people. And that is what we always do. That is why whenever we keep saying, no, I can't do it. No, I am vile. No, I have a bad temper. No, I always get jealous. No, 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 I just can't stand it. I am scared. I don't like the dark. And we keep reinforcing this negative thought in our mind again and again and again and again till it becomes magnified. And we all do that. And that makes us weaker than we actually are. What makes us weaker than what we actually are? Dwelling on the negative thought, dwelling on a particular so-called weakness, dwelling on our fears and dwelling on our attachments. Yes, that also makes us weak, right? Oh, I, he's so dear to me. What if something happens to him? He's so dear. Attachments, dwelling. It is not wrong to feel scared, have fear, or feel afraid, or feel any of those five, six vices, it is okay. But if you dwell on it, you hold on to it. Right? And when you hold on to it, it becomes a part of you. So dwelling is wrong, and that is the mistake Arjun made over here. He started dwelling, or the thought. So, kisi bhi soch ko, kisi bhi vishay ka, any vice should not be dwelled upon. Let it pass. Let it pass. And Arjun dwelled on his grief, his attachment, so much that he is broken and beaten, he refuses to fight, and in that following verse, he actually puts down his weapons. In the third verse, Sanjay, or in the 47th verse, Sanjay Uvacha Eva Bhuktva Arjuna Sankhe, Eva Bhuktva Arjuna Sankhe Rato Pasta Upavishat. Now, he has actually he sat down on the chariot, he was standing. He sat down. Vishracha sasharam chapam shoka sam vigna na manasaha. And again, his gardif, his bow and arrow, everything is on the chariot now. He is not holding it. And shok, extreme grief, has taken place and taken made room in his heart. See? Arjun is now refusing to fight. 
Archud has given up his weapons. Archud is sitting down and Arjun has nothing else to say. Nothing else to say at all. Shri Krishna is looking on. Just imagine, in the middle of the battlefield, when the battle is just about to begin, one of the main warriors has given up before the fight has even started. What a situation, isn't it? And Shri Krishna is looking on. He's still not saying anything. Why? Because now, Arjun has emptied himself of everything that was coming in his mind. Arjun has emptied himself of all the thoughts and all the negativity that was overshadowing him. And now, he wants Shri Krishna to speak, guide, because he say, I am lost. I don't think I can come to the end or find a solution of this problem with my own reasoning, using my own intelligence. Oh Shri Krishna, I surrender to you. Please guide me. Now you would ask me, how are you saying that he is asking Shri Krishna to guide him? He has said very clearly that this battle is wrong. It is adharma. We are going to become sinners. We are going to kill our own family for kingdom and uh, prosperity and joys. Not only this, I would rather die. I'd rather have them kill me. They would be doing me a favor by saving me from this sin. And saying this, he has taken away, you know, put down his bow and arrow and he has sat down. So now you would say, how has he surrendered to Shri Krishna? How is he open to Shri Krishna? According to us, he seems to be closed. He has given his final verdict. I won't fight. Nahi. Arjun could never do that. Arjun would never give a final verdict to Shri Krishna. Arebe, he is who chose Shri Krishna over his whole army. In a battle where warriors are important, he knows Shri Krishna is more important than any number of soldiers and charioteers or anybody. And that also, Shri Krishna is going to fight Without a, without a weapon. He said, I'll just be your charioteer. I will not be holding any weapon. Fir. So he could not give his final verdict to Shri Krishna. And if this would have been a final verdict, what Arjun would have done is, he would have dropped his bow and arrow. He would have gotten down from the chariot and walked off the battlefield. Who could stop him? Was anything stopping him? No, right? But what did he do? He sat down in the chariot. Quietly. Still turning towards the Lord. Still looking at the Lord. Still seeking from the Lord. At this time, he has emptied himself totally. He has emptied himself of that ego where he thought he was thit, where he thought he was there, where he thought he was a great yogi. That good ego, Krishna took away, right? By just showing him, that this is yours and this is also yours. And how boho, how delusion, how maya took over him. So then that ego is gone. That I am established. And over here, he, after giving all the logical explanations, realizes that his grief, his agony will not find solace by his own Self, he needed the Lord to take over.
And hence, he did not jump out. He sat down. It is okay to get tired. It is okay to be beaten. It is okay to feel defeated. It is not okay to accept defeat. Arjun has not accepted defeat. Arjun has not accepted failure. Arjun has not given up the Lord. Had he, the Gita would have stopped here. There would have not been any Gita. But because he was still holding on to the Lord, he said, this is what is happening in my mind. This is what I am feeling. These are the reasons that are coming to me. I am not able to decide. I feel that my arguments are quite baseless. I do not have the strength to get up and fight with this mental state. Oh, Krishna, please help me. See, he had a lot of confidence on his Gandhiv and his arrow. Bow and arrow, right? Kitta confidence tha. When he gave that up, that ego and the confidence of the self was given away and he surrendered. He surrendered at the feet of the Lord saying ki, I do not want to fight based on my own strength because I have none I have come to realize. Neither, med- neither the mental strength nor the emotional strength nor the physical strength. I have no strength whatsoever. I was wrong. I was wrong to rely on myself. And thinking, I used to think that I am self-sufficient, but I am not. Oh Lord, I surrender. Here I give away the strength of my bow and arrow. I feel they are also useless. I want to just turn to you. And now I am ready to work as per your guidance. Oh Krishna, you tell me what is right. Because I don't know. And to reach that level of I don't know is very difficult. Because we all know. Because we all always know. We are all knowing, right? Mujhe pata hai. Kya sahi hai, kya galat hai, kya acha hai, kya bura hai. All the codes of conducts, I know. But for somebody to accept and say, I do not know, is the beginning. That is the beginning of a beautiful journey towards realization. And Arjun realized that whether he fights or not, the war is going to go on. Later on, we'll hear Sri Krishna tell that whether you fight or not, the war will go on. Isn't it? See, if Arjun did not fight, just consider this scenario. If Arjun did not fight, would Rudhishthar, Bhim also stop? I don't think so. Would Draupadi stop? Would her sons not fight? Would her brother not fight for her? Would her father not fight for her? They would. Isn't it? So Arjun, even when he's saying, I do not want to fight, does not mean that the battle would happen. The battle was going to happen. He could have excused himself from the battle. That's all. So the scenario would not have changed. Exactly. The scenario would not have changed. There would not have been any drastic change in the future of the battle. Battle to hodahi tha, jisko badai tha. Shri Krishna later tells us, right? It was written. The battle was written. Those who were had to die, then you know the time had already come, so they would have died any which ways. You thinking that you are the cause of destruction? What ego? Just imagine again. This is also ego, right? I can cause destruction. Of course not. Who are we? Arjun realized this also in this last few stanzas. That I am nothing. Even if I don't fight, I cannot stop the battle. Who am I? I am nothing. This is what Sri Krishna was waiting for. That nothingness, that emptiness, that acceptance to listen to come. If you have a pot of water filled to the brim, is it possible to pour anything in it? Dahi. Because the pot of water is already full. 
Now, the same pot, if you put it upside down and then it rains heavily, will it be receptive of the rain water? Will it get filled again? No, because it is not receptive. It is lying upside down. No matter how, you know, how intense or how uh, stormy the rain is or how powerful the downpour, will the pot get full? Nahi, bilkul Right? So in the same way, suppose, again, one more scenario. Suppose the pot has a crack. What will happen? If there is a crack, when the water is pouring in, what will happen? The amount of water will strip away also from the bottom, right? So nothing will be retained. So these three scenarios, these three kind of pots are useless. Over here, Arjun was in the same situation. Initially, to start with, he was a pot full of water. And later, he became ultawala. Again, the, it's, even if Krishna would have given him jnana at that time, he was full of his own preconceived notions. He was not in a receptive state. Right? He was not in a receptive state. Initially, he was full. Now, he is not in a, even though he is empty, he is not in a receptive state. Right? He is lying upside down. Daisuruga. And then, that by people, that is water, that is a hole in that pot. Right? So, if knowledge would have been given, it would have been, it would have drifted away. But now, he has stopped saying anything. He has given away his own strength and he is receptive. He is open. There is no hole in him. He is empty. And he is willing. He did not leave. He just got a little tired. He just got a little confused. He just did not know what to do next. And that can happen to anybody, isn't it? All of us go through that phase in whatever path we might be in. That does not make us a loser. That does not make us weak. It is okay to stumble and fall as long as we get up again and walk. That is the only difference between an achiever and a failure. Achiever falls multiple times, but he gets up every time he falls. But a failure, a person who failed, does not get up again after his first fall. Arjuna is not a failure. He's just a little tired. He's just a little confused. He just had to be emptied to gain the wisdom of the universe. And these three verses happened to a sadhak also. Because so far we studied that rajas, sattva and tamas have to be given up, right? When rajas and sattva, tamas were asked to be given up, we were okay. But when it came to sattvic tendencies, again, if that has to be given up also, then what happens? There is a vacuum. When a sadhak has walked a path for a very, very long time and slowly, steadily given up everything and now even the sattvic tendencies were asked to be given up, he does. And he has not reached the next level yet. The sense and the sense organ-related joys have been given up. Okay? But what next? What is that spiritual bliss that they are talking about has not been reached. So all the sense enjoyments, be it good or bad, have been given up. So there is a vacuum, a lull. Because at that time, na hamare haat mein jagat hai aur na jagat pati hai. So at that time, a sadhak starts to wonder whether what he is doing is right or wrong. And there is an urge to go back to the material world because he cannot see Jagatpati, he cannot see the Lord, he cannot see the way forward because the way the bliss has to be experienced next is not the way which has been known to him. And that path has not opened up yet. 
It requires a little more effort. It requires a little more patience. It requires a little more surrender. But many a times, the urge to run back to the sensual world, run back to the material world comes. And that is where most of the sadhaks, most of the spiritual seekers fall. Because they feel nothing in front of them. And they don't have the patience to wait for as long as it takes. And then they slide away back to the material world because they do not want to give up the known for the unknown. Let me just enjoy what I have right now. Otherwise, neither will I have this nor will I have that. This happens to so many spiritual seekers. If this is a spiritual grudge, Gita has been pulled out from Mahabharata and it comes towards the, almost towards the far end of Mahabharata, isn't it? Who pulled it out? Shankaracharya ji pulled it out for us. Before that, it was an integral part of Mahabharata. So, they have explained everything. Nowadays, we jump directly to the Gita. It is okay. It's not wrong. But we... Start reading Gita from a very different perspective. I would not call it wrong, but from a very different perspective. See, once <coughs> Vedvyas Ji said, and Bhaiji keeps telling, repeating this, and I really like it. He said, I wrote the Mahabharat, Vedvyas Ji say, I understand what is written in it. Shukacharya. My son understands what is written in it. I understand what Gita is saying. My son, Shukacharya, understands what Gita is saying. But who is listening? Sanjay. I do not know if Sanjay understands what Gita is saying. See, listening, hearing, memorizing is a different thing. Understanding. It cannot be guaranteed because we do not know what perspective, from what conditioned mind, from what angle and we are selectively receptive also to top up. So many a times we don't even understand what the scriptures are trying to tell us. And for that, what do we have to do? We have to unlearn what we have learned. We have to empty ourselves and we have to be ready without a tendency to Critically analyze or argue. Arjun is ready. Arjun to tiyar ho gaya. Right? Because now chapter 2 is going to start and Sri Krishna is going to talk. Are we ready? That is the question. Are we ready to accept the knowledge of Sri Krishna saw Gita as it is? That is the question. And that is something we need to dwell on. We need to prepare ourselves now. Jai Shri Krishna, Jai Shri Ram, Jai Hanuman. Shri Krishna go with the Hare Murari. He Nath Narayan Vasudeva Shri Krishna Govinda Hare Murari He Nath Narayan Vasudeva Shri Krishna Govinda Hare Murari He Nath Narayan Vasudeva He Nath Narayan Vasudeva he dat tara yadvasudeva Om Dabo Bhagavati Vasudevaya Om Dabo Bhagavati Vasudevaya Om Dabo Bhagavati Vasudevaya 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 Rab Lakshpachadaki Jai Bolo Hanuman Ki 
राव लक्ष्मण जान की जय बोलो हनुमान की राम लक्ष्मण जान की जय बोलो हनुमान की बोलो बजरंग बली की जय जय श्री राम जय श्री कृष्ण जय हनुमान जय हनुमान जय हनुमान